Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Welcome to the First Baptist Church of Tryon. Thank you for stopping by our YouTube channel to view today's sermon. I want to remind you that we worship together at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings via Zoom, and we would love to have you join us in that time of worship. You can find information about that in the description link right below the video. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew 16. Here are these words. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, Simon Peter, (laughs) well, he sort of gets a bad rap, right? Or... Or maybe I should say it this way, he's just, it's just too easy to kind of make fun of him. Or if I'm being a bit more gracious, we could say, well, uh, you know, I read about Simon Peter and it makes me feel better about myself. I'm like, well, you know, I didn't do this at least. Last week, Simon Peter sounded like the tempter by asking Jesus, when Jesus is out there walking on the water, he says, well, if it's really you out there walking on the water, then command me to come to you. He kind of played the role of the tempter there, and then immediately right after this morning's text, when Jesus foretells his suffering and death and resurrection, Simon Peter takes Jesus aside and says, oh no, 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 Jesus. And uh, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. So (laughs) it's not going well for Simon Peter, right? And there are numerous examples that we could go through on, you know, all the ways that Simon Peter comes off as a buffoon. I mean, I mean, the other 
really glaring one is when Simon Peter denies Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times on the last night of his life, even after Simon Peter said, I would never do that. I would die before I will deny you, Jesus. And of course, uh, doesn't quite work out that way, right? We could go on and on with these examples of Simon Peter and how he, well, you know, doesn't do so well. But this time, this text, Peter nails it. But who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah the Son of the living God. Simon Peter gets it right. Simon Peter correctly identifies Jesus as God's anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. This is the one that they have been longing for. This is the one who will come and redeem Israel, the long-awaited king who will rule with peace and wisdom and righteousness and justice. And Simon Peter gets it right. (laughs) Got to give credit where it's due here. He gets this one right. And then he goes on to say, the son of the living God. The human being, Jesus, whose union was so intimate with God that he participates in the very life of God. He's the son of the living God. And this isn't just any God we're talking about here. We're talking about the God of Israel, the living God. The one who spoke to our ancestor, the one who made covenants with our ancestor. I mean, Simon Peter nails it. If this is theology class, I mean, this is a solid A plus for him. And, you know, as much grief as we give Simon Peter... It feels good for him to get it right, doesn't it? I mean, you're kind of like, well, you know, boy, <laughs> Good job, Simon Peter. And Jesus apparently feels the same way because he says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. He's like, finally, yes. <laughs> you know, you were the first disciple I called and I've worked with you and spent all this time with you and finally you get something right. And then, just a half a second later, Jesus continues. He says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. And then he goes right into, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. (laughs) Which is a really nice way of saying, Simon Peter, you have the right answer, but you did not figure it out on your own. (laughs) It's great insight you had, but actually it wasn't really an insight. (laughs) This isn't the result of your hard work and your diligent study, Simon Peter. I just want you to know the reason you got this answer right is because it was revealed to you. It was given to you. It's a gift. The theological word for it is revelation. Christianity is a religion of revelation. It is God reveals God's self to us. We don't go out and search for enlightenment and somehow find it on our own. That's not the way it works. It is a revealed tradition. And this must have been um, (laughs) 
the most backhanded compliment of all time here that Jesus makes. He's like, yes, Simon Peter, wonderful. By the way, the answer was a complete gift given to you. Faith is not something to brag about. Faith is not some kind of badge of honor that we wear on our chest as though we are better than everyone else. I mean, look at this. I know who Jesus is, and I know this mystery of the universe, and I know. No, that's not how it works. On the contrary, faith, authentic faith, true faith, It always makes us humble. In fact, it's a really really good way to measure where you are in this journey of faith. Because if faith makes us arrogant and certain, well, we're not very far along the path. Faith always humbles us. Faith reminds us that we are dependent, not self-sufficient. Faith reminds us that we are weak, not strong. Faith reminds us that God descended to us, not that we ascended to God. That's... That's how faith works. (laughs) That's the whole Christian story right there. God descends to us. We don't ascend to God. That's not the way it works. God comes to us. And somehow, (laughs) some way, and for some reason that is still (laughs) unknown to me, God uses people like Simon Peter, and God uses people like you and God uses people like me to reflect God's goodness and mercy in this world. That's how it works. God reveals God's self to some of us and we are to reflect that goodness and mercy in the world. When Simon Peter is given the keys to the kingdom. That, that ought to make us a little nervous, right? You hear that? You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you sure that you want to give those to Simon Peter? <laughs> and so whatever the church, you know, binds and looses, then it's, you're like, are you sure you really want to give this to Simon Peter? <laughs> but when Simon Peter is given the keys of the kingdom, we are reminded that the church, which is filled with jokers like us, we are reminded that the church does have authority and responsibility to be the body of Christ in the world. I mean, that is like a lot of responsibility to be the body of Christ in the world. Here it is. You are to be my reflection in this world. And and so here's where we have to be really careful because this doesn't mean that the church is never wrong because it is church is often wrong 
This doesn't mean that the church somehow has God on a string and that God will do whatever we ask, that we're sort of the puppet master. We've got the keys now and we're, no. And it certainly does not mean that God will uphold everything the church does. No, <laughs> because we, we, we often get it so wrong. And sometimes we get it like really long. It's, it's not that we, it's not that we just don't look like Jesus, right? I mean, there are often times that we don't look like Jesus, but, but, it, but it can be more extreme than that. Sometimes we look like the exact opposite of Jesus. When I look at the way the church operates or people who make up the church, when I take a look in the mirror, I'm sometimes just appalled and astounded by what we followers of Jesus are doing. Really? That's what we think that's how Jesus would be, would live in this world. And, and the truth is, we can come up with all kinds of people to blame and all kinds of outside influences that are responsible for, well, let's just be honest about it, the church's decline in, in authority. People used to look to the church as a place like a beacon, see what they can offer us. And now it seems that we have lost a great deal of that influence, a great deal of that authority. And we'll sometimes blame the government or we'll blame, blame maybe the atheist or we'll just blame secularization. And yet, I think the truth is just way simpler and much harder. The decline of the church is self-inflicted. Our loss of authority, our loss of influence, it's self-inflicted. So please, please, let us not think, oh, well, we are God's favorites and God has chosen us and God is going to bless us to go out and save the world. No, that's not. That's not it. That's not what it means to be given the keys to the kingdom. What it means, and I love the way Tom Long puts it, he says, here's what it means. God will not abandon the church. God will not give up on the church. But God will continue to work in the church to keep it faithful. And then through the church, God will help to offer faith to the world. And I would say sometimes even in spite of the church, God will offer faith. And so, here's Simon Peter, that, that, that first disciple. And the one most likely to get it wrong He's designated as the rock, which is a nice little play on words there. In the Aramaic that Jesus is speaking, it's the exact same thing. Rock and Peter, same word. And, and Peter is set aside as this leader of the church. This one who some might say, well, he's dumb as a rock. I'll give him that. But right no, he's not. Let's, I mean, we're all dumb as rocks, right? But this one is set aside to be the leader of of the church and here's what that really means that means there is also room for you and there is also room for me in this thing called the church that the world desperately needs the world desperately needs the church because we have been given this gift 
of life, this gift of seeing what life is really about. We've been given the keys to the kingdom, and we apparently don't know what to do with them. <laughs> we walk around and say, well, I got the keys over here. I think I'll... <laughs> And it's like we've sort of locked the door and even locked ourselves out of it or something. I don't know. But we have given, given this simple Jesus way. This way of love. Love of neighbor. Love of enemy. And it's really at odds with, with all the conventional wisdom around us. It's at odds with our very nature. But it's calling us to a different way of life. The only way that really is life. Lord, help us not to lock ourselves out. <laughs> help us to take those keys and open the doors and throw them wide open. So that your hope, so that your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness might pour out upon this world that begs, moans, and awaits redemption. Help us to be your body. And as we go about that task, oh Lord, help us to go in peace. Help us to go so that we might love and serve you and as we do that, help us to remember that we are your disciples and that you are our Lord and our brother. That we are children of Almighty God and that we have been bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. That we are the very body of Christ. Help us, Lord, to serve you with gladness all our days. Amen.